Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to What's Wrong with Max Scherzer, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line after the Nationals get pounded again. I've got the devil in him. <laughs> Eight to six final today in Wrigley Field. They dropped their second straight, 19 and 10 on the year after the loss. Dave. Max Scherzer, three and one, three five five ERA, three seven six FIP, nine point two four K per nine, two point eight four walks per nine, two thirty two, three oh three, four oh three line against in thirty innings, three earned runs and nineteen innings pitched and three career starts in Wrigley, two of them scoreless outings, not today, two nothing in the second, a leadoff walk to Zobris, a two run home run by Tommy Lestella, ties it up at two. Uh, 3-2 Cubbies on Anthony Rizzo's solo shot to right in the third and bounced off the flags on the foul pole, which is kind of ridiculous that they have flags on there that could interfere with the play and cause trouble, but they do. Uh, Zobris goes back-to-back, 4-2, the eighth home run Scherzer has allowed on the year to that point. He allowed eight and 123 and a third to start last season, eight and 41 at that point, nine and 43 after Zobris takes him deep for a three-run home run again. Max Scherzer just absolutely pounded out there, uh, getting his fastball crushed all day long. Five innings, seven hits, seven runs, three walks, seven Ks, four home runs. Uh, he threw a total of 96 pitches in five innings. Dave is not a good outing for Scherzer. We thought he bounced back a little bit against the cards last time out, but really got pounded today. Doom, gloom. Yeah, you know he looked he looked good last time out. He looked vintage Scherzer last time out, and today, uh, you know what can you say? I mean, just everything everything was flat. You know, the fastball was flat. Uh, the the changeup sat right in the middle of the strike zone. Um, there's there's a big difference between control and command. Control is the ability to throw strikes. Command is the ability to throw it where you want to. He was throwing strikes today, um, for the most part. Uh, as long as uh, um, as long as the home plate umpire wasn't changing his strikes to the batter, uh, but everything was just flat and there was no movement on the pitch. Um, it, it, it's it's target. It's it's batting practice, and um, you know, Zobers took him deep twice. There were four four home runs total. Uh, just you know, he can say you know it's it's just a. a slight mechanical adjustment here or there, but this isn't the Max Scherzer that we were accustomed to seeing last year. Uh, it's not the Max Scherzer that, uh, um, you know, that, that has been historical. I mean, there's, there's something there's something wrong, um, something wrong that needs to be fixed mechanical or um, or there's, or there's uh, an injury being masked here because this just isn't Max Scherzer. Doug has a few people on Twitter said the same thing. What's wrong? Is there some sort of injury with him? But these home run issues have been going on since last July or August. They're going on again at the beginning of this season. I can't imagine that there's something wrong with him that they've not noticed for this long or that he's kept hidden. I tend to think it's something mechanical, even though that's hard to believe that it's gone on for this long too. But I have a hard time with the idea that something that there's some sort of injury that the Nationals are letting their two hundred plus million dollar starter keep on going out there with. Yeah, I I would unless it's something that he's somehow keeping keeping secret out of some you know macho sense of I'm I'm so tough I I just got to get out there and 
and keep pitching. But you know, honestly, he's he's a two hundred million dollar man too. You know, take take a day off and get right. They they bought you because you're still on your original elbow, and if you need to be, they they can afford to give you a season to get a new one. Uh, I, I gotta think that he, he's he's in some funk. He's got some weird mechanical issue. If an if it if it is some sort of bodily issue, I, I gotta think it's something like what happened to Strasburg when he had the problem with his heel that turned into a problem with his neck, and he sort of got all off kilter. But we don't know of anything that would have led to that because he hasn't had any weird lingering issues or something that might have led to a weird change in his mechanic other than this just sort of general funkiness to begin the season. I mean, we've seen it before. We, we saw it last season. He had stretches where uh, when his location was a little off, his movement was a little off, he throws hard, so he gives up hard hits. Uh, and you know, he had some pretty high exit velocity if, if you look at uh, look at the, the results on his batted balls. So if he's not missing bats or, or confusing people, you know, it ball's going to leave the yard. And we saw that today in uh, in, in stark terms. So I, I don't know what the issue is. I, I can't think it's a serious injury. I got to think that this is just something that that he's got to got to get get together with Maddox and and uh, get get some of the voodoo magic that he used on Geo and, and, and sprinkle that over his approach here. Dave, uh, we mentioned briefly the home run that uh, Anthony Rizzo hit in the third inning ends up having to be reviewed because it went really ridiculously high on a foul ball up there where there's a bunch of flags blowing in the wind. Max Scherzer thought for sure it was foul. They showed a close-up of him watching it go out. He yelled out foul after it and was pretty upset that they was called a home run at that point. But what did you make of that play? And uh, They reviewed it and it upheld it as a home run, but it looked like it hit the flags up there. Why are there flags up there? And What do you think of that one in particular? Yeah, you know, the, there are very specific rules about the foul pole, and the idea that you're affixing something to the foul pole that 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 can move around depending on what the, which way the wind is blowing is really kind of stupid, right? I mean, they're just they're just the retired numbers, and they could put those anywhere in the whole freaking stadium they wanted to. Well, they can't hang it on the outfield wall because they got that ridiculous ivy on the wall. Um, <laughs> it's silly. It's, it, it's silly that that that, that a piece of, of equipment that is designated as to whether the ball is fair or foul has something affixed to it that can wave either fair or foul, uh, depending on which way the wind is blowing. So, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, you know, the, the replays that, that I could see um, on MLB TV, um, I couldn't even really see what exactly happened, whether the flag was in fair territory when they hit it, whether it was in foul territory when they, when they hit it. I'm not sure the umpires saw um, the, the review was quick enough to, to lead me to believe that nobody really saw what happened, and they just let the field call on the field stand. One thing I am fairly certain, though, is that uh, um, in pretty short order, the Cubs are going to be required to take those flags down. Yeah, I, I can also imagine that no one's ever hit one that high up there before, so it hasn't been an issue in the past because that was an absolute bomb. And the fact that he turned around right. on a mid-90s fastball, basically ankle-high inside, is kind of amazing, too. Yeah, let's let's hang let's hang flags 150 feet high, 350 feet away from home plate. Nobody's gonna ever hit them up there. <laughs> the lookouts on the mound for the Cubs dominated the Nationals tonight. Uh, this afternoon, I guess John Lackey, three and one in five starts, four three two ERA, three three two FIP, 
2.43 walks per nine, 7.83 K per nine. Uh, I can't even read my own writing anymore. 230, 285, 415 line against and 33rd and 33 and a third before today. Four career starts against the Expos slash Nationals. He's been around that long. He was down one nothing early after Anthony Rendon hit a home run off him. Scherzer hit a two-out RBI single off him in the second. It was the only two runs he allowed, though. Seven innings, 11 Ks, just striking out Nationals left and right and gets the win, four and one on the year. The bullpen gave up four runs, but Lackey was pretty steady through seven innings there. Yeah, 11 Ks from John Lackey. I, I think that's that's all you really need to know about the Nationals lineup and how they're doing and what their approach is right now. Um I, I said last night that he had reverse lock flashing in neon letters on his forehead, and that seems to be what's, what's come out, that he's put together an outing like this against what, uh, you know, a few nights ago put up 13 runs against uh, against the Royals. And uh, granted, they did put up six runs today. But, uh, yeah. A veteran pitcher, you know, he made good use of – a floating strike zone today. Uh, he seemed to be able to project it better than the Nats could manage to interpret it. Uh, you know, uh, tip, tip your cat, drop your drawers, whatever you got to do. You know, that's, <laughs> let's 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 put this one behind us and 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 go on. I really hope tip your cap and drop your drawers becomes a new cliche for <laughs> getting wiped out by a pitcher like. And that's did today. <laughs> Dave Ben <laughs> I'm sorry, the drop your drawers part just threw me here. Dave Ben Revere returned <laughs> to the lineup. <laughs> Twenty seven games off on the D L with an oblique injury. They didn't want to use him last night when it was cold out there and he didn't have a full day of workouts, but they get him back on top today. Not the best return to the lineup ever. Oh for five with one K. Uh, my question here, though, is more about the roster move that they made to get him back on there. Doghouse and I talked about last night whether it would have been better off getting uh, Michael A. Taylor some steady at-bats down in AAA and send him down there and try to figure things out the way he struggled uh, so far this season. They instead sent Matt Dendecker down there, who I think is more probably better off as a fourth outfielder right now than Michael A. Taylor. But they said at the start of the season they're going to get Michael A. as many at-bats as they can and get him regular A-Bs when he was supposed to be the fourth outfielder before Revere got hurt. But are you surprised at all that that they went with Dan Decker and kept Michael A. Taylor up the way he's struggling? And what do you think about Ben Revere being back? How big a difference is that going to be for the Nationals? Well, um, I'll start with Revere because I think that's pretty pretty the easier question here. Um, you know, it's no wonder that, that he went 0 for 5 today and didn't look particularly comfortable to play considering that he only got five games in a AAA recovering from this uh, oblique injury. The guy's out for uh, about a month, back and has five games, and they're ready to just toss him right back into major league pitching. Um, he's probably not even 100%, um, you know, you know, fully recovered from the injury, let alone getting his timing back. So, um, you know, I'm kind of surprised the Nets didn't give him a couple more games worth at, at AAA, uh, but they, you know, bring him back right, right back up and throw him in the fray. As for Taylor. Um, I'm not particularly surprised they didn't send him down. I mean, this is a guy that they figured was going to spell Revere against left-handed hitter or left-handed pitchers to give Worth a day off, you know, once or twice a week. Um, you know, play defense uh, for them in the late innings for for Worth. I think that was the game plan all along this season. Um, now that Revere is coming back, I think they just figure, well, let's go back to what our original game plan was, regardless of the fact that Taylor can't hit the bottom side of a barn right now. 
um, and really could have used a couple of weeks of playing regularly um, against against uh, um, against a pitching that not not major league pitching. I think that uh, um, you know it, it Taylor is what he is, right? He's a he's a high strikeout guy. He's got some pop. He's got some speed. Um, he, he's got a, a, a decent idea of the strike zone. He just doesn't make a whole lot of contact. And um, this is the type of player he's going to be. And I, I think at this point, um, whether he gets you know two or three weeks in the minor leagues or not, really isn't going to change the, the player he is. Where he could have used uh, time in the in the in the Triple A is in 2014 and 2015 when he got rushed up because of the injuries uh, to the national to the Nationals. Um, outfielders, and they didn't have anybody legitimate on the bench to take those spots. So I guess we can't be sitting Jason Worth down right now, though, because he's finally heating up at the plate, second home run in two days in the eighth inning, got the Nationals uh, within four. Wilson Ramos follows with a two-run blast to get them within two runs at eight to six. That's how it ends eventually. Uh, Worth with an impressive day at the plate. Well, well, impressive at bat in the end of the game, at least one for four, two RBIs on the day. <laughs> Three Ks before that, which is why I'm qualifying myself before someone points that out. But Daniel yeah. Murphy also four at the day for a 406 average on the year, proving Dave Wright that he's going to hit 400 all year. And Wilson Ramos with a blast too, providing some offense at least in the end there. Yeah, so worth with the nice at bat. I think that was eight pitches, and then then he hit that uh, two run double after the three strikeouts, three left on base that preceded it. Uh, Ramos certainly hit the ball more hard, as he talked about uh, doing last season. That was that was well back and gone. But I, the real story here is Daniel Murphy, uh, four for four with a double, and I think he had there was one runner on him on in front of him the entire night. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, you, you got to have more than one guy hitting at a time here. Uh, uh, Daniel hits Murphy can't can't hog them all up himself. You know, he's uh, a gravitational mass attracting all the offense to his at bats. Spread it around, man! Stop hogging. I was right to have opposed this deal. <laughs> Dave, how are you feeling about Gio Gonzalez taking the mound in the third game of four against the Cubs tomorrow? Two and one, one point one five ERA on the year against uh, Jason Hamill. Four and zero, one point two four ERA. It doesn't get any easier for the Nationals in the third game of four year. No, but uh, but Gio just doesn't give up runs anymore. So I feel pretty confident that he's going to go out and shut out the Cubs for his five and a third innings after one hundred and twenty pitches, and then it'll be up to the bullpen to, to bail him out. <laughs> We'll see if he does that. We'll see if Murphy can keep his average over 400. We'll see how long the Nationals go without bringing Trey Turner up. That's nightly, sponsored by federalbaseball.com. The Nationals dropped their second straight in Wrigley Field, 8-6 to six today, 19-10 and 10 on the year after the back-to-back losses. But they got two more in Chicago to try to even it up with the Cubbies. See if they can do it tomorrow, 4:05 start on Saturday. Talk to both of you guys after that tomorrow night. Go Nats. Hey, Dave. Uh, Dave says free trade Turner.